In partnership with New Smile, the teeth alignment and whitening experts, the Pro Sports Podcasters are giving away two New Smile teeth whitening foam solutions. All you need to do to qualify for this fantastic giveaway is go to our website, www.prosportspodcasters.com, and sign up for the free newsletter. The winners will be announced in the last newsletter of November, so sign up now. Brighten up your smile with New Smile. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We have something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Before we get into our impression of the Toronto Six and their first game at home at Camlin Ice Center at York University, during that discussion, we got a little off topic and things got a little out of hand. So I'm going to begin with what we talked about last and then cut back to our impressions of the Toronto Six in their second season. Enjoy the show. I guess this kind of arena is probably cost effective. Yeah. But... Maybe there will come a time where they move to what's the other one, Justin? The oh, the Paramount one. So that was the old um, Hershey Center. Oh, the Hershey oh, yeah. Center. Yeah, yeah. What what can they hold? Do you know? They have Raptors nine hundred five. They have uh, they've hosted a CEBL game a couple times, and they host um, Mississauga Steelheads. What's the rough capacity of that one? Ooh, I can actually tell you. Their capacity is f- five thousand. That's perfect, actually. That's five thousand yeah. is perfect. Yeah, right? Yeah. What was what was, was the fan demographic like, Nee? Uh, <laughs> it was... Uh, demog- de- see, de- demographic for one person in <laughs> these di- different things. Um, <clears throat> i say it was more male. Probably 60, 40 male. Um, Age-wise? A little bit older. But, I mean, you had, like, family members of the players, and then you had, like... There was definitely kids, like there was a lot of young hockey players who were in there as well. So it was a bit of a, a mix across the spectrum there. Uh, it was really Caucasian, I will say. Well, it's it's hockey. <laughs> <laughs> it's hockey, man. Let's let's be honest, All right? And were there many York University students there, or no? I, that one, I'm not sure of. I I don't think so. Okay, because I, I kind of wondered about that, right? I thought maybe that'd be kind of a like a very simple ticket, something to go see if you attend York, but maybe, I don't know, maybe they haven't taken interest. But it actually surprises me that it was mostly an older crowd. Like, o- older in the sense that 30, like 30s, 40s would be the average, I'd say. Probably aspiring hockey players that never made it. Yeah, that was a bit of that. Maybe some scouts, but it, I feel like a Raptors game is younger by, by design, typically younger. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, Raptors, a TFC game is younger. A TFC game would be, you know, your teens, your 20s on average. I felt it was slightly older for this one. But maybe one of you guys can, can let, let me know if I'm wrong when you see it for yourself. Yeah, Justin, let us know today. There yeah, 100%. Actually, I'm just looking at Paramount Fine Foods right now. And I totally forgot that. Like, I know they host the Raptors 905, but I totally forgot that they were playing there now. I thought they were still... In Florida. 
Yeah, they're back in the country. Yeah, so there's Miss Saga Steelheads games today and Raptors on December 4th. Raptors 9.05. That's a good team to watch. They're fun. Usually they have a Raptor there. in uh... An active Raptor? Yeah, so <clears throat> last time I went, there was... Yeah, like a Raptor was actually playing. Oh, I thought you meant, I thought you meant a Velociraptor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We win because the other team doesn't show up. No, no, no. When I was there last time, it was a Pascal Siakam bobblehead giveaway thing. Mm. Oh, okay. And Siakam was there. Van Fleet was there. Oh, did you get a Siakam uh, bobblehead? Yeah, what happened to that? No. <laughs> I didn't. How come we didn't get to see it? <laughs> oh. Uh, I don't think we were formed at the time, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is before our birth. Um, yeah, and there was, I think Serge Ibaka was also there at the time. Oh, right on. So there was, there was like three stars there. Yeah. Well, it was also like a special event. But usually there's just like the bench rider shows up. And you're like, oh, him. Hey, you know who else? Like Stanley Johnson. You know who else came out of the 905? Who was successful? Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know who else? I don't know who's doing anything this year. Oh, okay. Um, there's a guy you should look out for. His name's um, Pascal Siakam. <laughs> he, he won a championship, actually. <laughs> Wait, but didn't he cause like all four losses recently? Yeah, you can't. You can't November. blame. You cannot blame it on one person. Come on. I can blame it on his t- his ten points. Now hold on. Seeing as though we went off topic, <laughs> so you've seen Red Notice, right, Justin? Oh yes, 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 yes. I saw your post on Twitter saying that you'd like to be in the next Red Notice. If there's a Red Notice too, <laughs> now I've heard conflicting things about it. There's a lot of people that say it it's shit. But did yeah. you actually like it? Oh, no, it was typically garbage. It was a very standard, like, go get the girl kind of, or go get the object kind of deal. Double, the only thing that was really cool is a lot of, like, double crossing going in that movie, so it's pretty funny. And Ryan Reynolds just plays Deadpool the whole time. Like, that's his character. And The Rock <laughs> just plays The Rock. So it's basically Deadpool meets The Rock, essentially. Which is pretty good. Which is, yeah, it just the dialogue I thought was beautifully written, but the scenes were very, like, eh, whatever it is what it is. But they're, at the end, are you going to watch it, by the way? Yeah, Otherwise, I got it. I'm going to watch it. Okay, I'm not going to yeah, spoil don't, it. But don't at the end, it it's. Me. It's so like just random what guest shows up. I'm like, who, why, why is this individual in this movie? But I'm digging it. So it was a good time. Nee, have you watched it or have you heard of it? I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend you give it a, give it a gander. Give, give it a gander. All right. Yeah. Give it a gander. Boy. I'm glad you didn't ruin it, Justin. Well, I was going to tell you who did what. Yeah. I, I had a feeling you just, you, you come off as the kind of guy that would, you know, tell you that. He was dead the whole time, the sixth sense kind of thing. (laughs) And then then follow up with, yeah, yeah, you got to watch it, you got to watch it. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. No, no. Because I just delivered an A-plus synopsis. I asked if you wanted me to spoil it, you said no. But had you said, yeah, I don't care. Oh, I would have told you everything. So, yes, you're right. But I'm courteous if I'm going to be a douche. So, how did our boy Bibich do at the Nationals, Nee? I think you find the one everything ten out of ten events. <laughs> so you, you, you talk about being confident and owning it. <laughs> so you should definitely look out for him at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham next year. Yeah, like that dude. I saw his medal collection on his on his Instagram. I was like, oh my god, this guy just called it. He's like, yep, I'm gonna clean house. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at pro.sports.podcasters for the most current sports news. Now back to the show. Hey, and what's going on, guys? It's Justin, you know, the man, the myth, the not-so-legend. My voice is hoarse, 
but that's okay because I was partying last night after the Toronto Six had won their second game. They're 2-0, and baby, but I'm not alone to talk about this. I'm never alone. I have abandonment issues. You guys know this. You guys have read my emails all the time, my campaigns. If you haven't, please sign up for our campaigns. It's good stuff, and I annoy you far less once every 10 days now for reasons we'll get into probably never. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I'm accompanied by the man, the guy who always makes my voice sound less hoarse and amazing. Please welcome Colbert Durant. Kobe, how you doing? Awesome, buddy. Awesome. It was great to see the game yesterday. Perfect. Yeah, it was. It was a very tight game. Not actually. It was dominated by the Toronto Six. But we have somebody who was actually in-house for that while he was there sitting front row ice, pretty much, just chilling there, rubbing elbows with everybody who's anyone in that industry. Knee, how you doing? I'm good, Justin. It was it was a great time out, no doubt. So why don't you tell us what was it like in the, like the atmosphere and everything that was that was coming on just before the game started, before the puck drop? Yeah, there was definitely a sense of anticipation and a sense of atmosphere, even just as you were walking into the arena. Fans were there was a buzz. The first PHF game on Canadian soil, the first Toronto Six home game, and there was anticipation. You could see some of the family members and some of the players had come in. And you could also see that the hockey community was coming out to support. So in the arena, you had the president, Digit Murphy. She was on the ice. You had the mayor of Toronto, John Tory, And you also had the CEO of Athleta, who is now a partner of the Toronto Six. They were part of the, I guess, the welcoming party of the opening ceremony, if you will, when they did the national anthem. So that just added to a sense of occasion for sure. Okay, so what happened was, yeah, they had a representative from both teams come out, and then Digit and a young a young lady, a young hockey player came out, and then they did that said puck drop. Okay, all right. That's what I figured was going to happen. Kobe, what was it like watching it? Well, I mean, not too much, not too different from last year, really, right? I watched it on Twitch TV. But no, it was it was pretty active. There was a lot of people watching, and... Honestly, it was just like last year, man. They're exciting games to watch. What I want to know is what was the uh, what was the the feel like in the stadium, Nee? I guess the DJ was pretty good. Like he he would turn on music at different points at different stoppages. I thought there was going to be music even when the game was in play. So there were some quiet patches, but I guess being the first game, those will get ironed out over time. The crowd itself. I guess they were more engaged in terms of watching the game. There wasn't a whole lot of like chanting, but there was definitely cheering and there was definitely, you know, some moments, especially when it was getting physical that the fans were getting into it as well, wanting to protect their own. But I think being the first game, everyone's getting used to it. The the administrators are getting used to the game they experience, the players are getting used to the, the surface and then the fans are getting used to being in the stands as opposed to watching on Twitch or ESPN Plus, we can watch the games online. And what are the facilities like at Canlan Ice Arena at York University? Yeah, I, th- I thought they were pretty good, actually. They have a wild wing, so you can get your, your wing fix before watching the wingers. And they have like a pizza place, so you can get slices of pizza or a full pizza as well. They also sell some drinks by, by the stands. So I, I covered a little bit of this in an article on prosportspodcasters.com in terms of the, the insider experience. So definitely go there and check that out. We're going to try and do one of these for every home game that we attend. But yeah, it's actually pretty accessible, Cove, if you live in Toronto, or even if you're traveling from the States, 
you just take the subway up to Pioneer Village and then you walk about five or six minutes to <clears throat> the arena, check you for your vaccine, and then you're in. Nice. And something I noticed that is very similar to the feel from last year is the Toronto Six look like an offensive powerhouse, which was the same situation last year. Although last year I complained, <laughs> you remember, mm. numerous times about their ability to clear the puck from their own zone, but that didn't really seem to be a problem this year. Now, granted, it's early. This is only their second game, but it was the uh, Connecticut Wales fifth game. Mm. So the fact that they were able to still clear the puck from their own zone and maintain that offensive pressure this early on, it, it has me feeling pretty positive about how they're going to be going forward. What was the sense that you got? Yeah, I definitely got the sense that there was a high-pressing game. Uh, when Connecticut had the puck and they went into that defensive third for Toronto, the puck didn't stay there long. It was definitely a... Uh, a set plan to get possession back, and then it was back to moving to the forward two-thirds and making Connecticut try and keep the puck out. Now, it was ironic because I think you'll find that the first goal of the game, the first goal in Toronto was actually scored by a Connecticut player, Kennedy Marchmont. It was a, against the run of play, if you will. They had a power play, and I believe it was a tip puck. I just missed it visually, but yeah, it was it was kind of unexpected. I'll say this though, the uh the goalie for Connecticut, she really kept them in it early. Like it could have easily been two nothing before Connecticut popped that first goal in. She was like standing on oh, her head early on yeah, yeah. in the first first uh period. So although the game mm. finished five one, it honestly could have been much worse, not for her play. She actually played quite well despite the score. Now, something I was impressed with is you look at the, the forwards on Toronto, it's like an all-star team. At least that's how it feels to me. Mm. You've got Michaela Grant-Mentis from last season. She was the league MVP. Mm. You've got our captain of the team, Cheyenne D'Arcangelo. She mm. was dominant the entire yep. game. We've got a newcomer, a, a rookie as far as this league goes in Michaela Cava, but she used to play for, well, she played in Sweden for a couple of mm. years and she played in the former Canadian league. What's the name of it? The CW, C, CWHL. CWHL. Yeah. So, I mean, although she's a rookie to this league, she's, she's not a rookie whatsoever. And I mean, yesterday she had to be the most dominant player on the ice. Mm, that's what you want. Well, then say she touched up for three points, which is hard to do in any league. So it's like, good on you. That's like Mitch Marner numbers right there. Plus, we got Emma Woods from last season. Like, I don't know, man. It's just, we look, Burke Boquist, we look busted. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the good folks at New Smile. Just use the code PROSPORTS to get $150 off any of their teeth aligning kits. So turn up the dial on your smile with New Smile. Now on to the show. But gentlemen, but let me ask you this, because one of the key changes that no one has really talked about is the fact that Digit Murphy was doing two jobs last season. She was president of the team, looking after player personnel, and she was also, actually, she was doing three jobs. She was GM, looking after player personnel and game day. She was president, looking after overseeing the team overall, and she was head coach behind the 
the benches. Now she has help. She's brought in Mark Joslin to be the head coach, and Christy Palmer is also the GM looking after the, the day-to-day operations. That's left just a lot more time to make some of these personnel changes and bring in some of the players that she wants for this up-tempo, physical brand of hockey. How much of a difference do you think that's made to the, the quality of play? I mean, you two had a very close look at the, the bubble in the 2021 season. Fast forward to yesterday and this weekend. What, what are you seeing in terms of differences? Well, if I can just jump in there real quick, um, we have to give credit also to Chuli, their goalie, who's just been like sensational. She stopped 41 shots against 45. So she's letting on average two goals a game. Yeah. That's just disgustingly good. And that's on the season, right? Yeah. So far, I, mind you, it's just we're, we're new to the season, but that's a great start. If you're only letting in two goals a game, buddy, and with you have the powerhouses we were just discussing, like sit back in the cut and just let them do their thing. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they have nothing to worry about. And with Digit having more time to focus on one thing, you know, 10,000 hours into one project makes it perfect. Like makes it perfect. And that's what it's going to be now. So Digit just being able to do what she needs to do with the ladies. Oh, done and dusted. Give us our title. Boston, we're coming for you. Yeah, I, I got to agree. Julie was integral yesterday. Uh, when we went up to one, there was a maybe a three-minute stretch of time right after that where the pressure was solidly in our end. Yeah, I remember that. The Connecticut Whale were pushing and pressing hard to try and get back in it, and she made some key stops during that that short period to kind of keep the momentum in our favor, and then we ran away with it. So that's mm. that's key. It's something that gets missed in a in a five one win. Mm. Going back to your question about whether or not I think it makes a difference that Digit can focus on her role, and now you have these other people in place to focus on theirs. I think it did show. I really do. And even though it was literally our you know only the second game of the season, the first home game, it felt a little different to me in the way the team. Once they took the lead, I'd say, because even last season, if we fell behind, Justin can attest to this. It didn't really matter if we fell behind. We just had the offensive stars to get back in it. Mm. Yes, indeed. We knew we were going to Oh, yeah. Except for that Boston game. But I think the difference between what I saw in the game yesterday and, well, what I saw in the game on the 20th, because this will this will come out in a couple of days, versus what I saw last season is that once we had the lead – they didn't really retreat into that sort of center ice and back shell. Mm. They continued to press every single opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the the new coach, I, I think his plan really is to just wear down opponents. If it's a road back-to-back, it's tough. But because this is a home tough back-to-back, it's not as bad but still difficult because people are going to be bruised. They're going to be banged up. And that goes for both. And just looking at it from last night, there were um, eight penalties called. Yeah. Four on each. And a lot, and they weren't just like minor things. It was roughing, mm. cross-checking, body-checking. You know what yeah. I mean? Like <clears throat> Legitimately, right? And I don't know if you've tripped on ice before, but it hurts. So the only one that – but wasn't really too bad with the last two, and that was interference and holding. But even still, you've been banged up on the on the ice legally with hits, and now illegally, and you're going to come back and play again? Listen, this game is going to come down straight to the goalies. It's going to be a low-scoring game, but the goalies have to stand on their heads for this one. And I think fans of hockey need to understand that the women's game is 
very different on, on a lot of levels. Huh. So I think first of which, I think on average, they, they, they play longer between shifts. Yeah. Right. Huh. Longer, longer shifts because it's such a free flowing game. Huh. Secondly, the season's significantly shorter. There's only X number of games. How many games are in a season this year? Uh, there are 20. 20. Okay. So the importance on each game, it's more like, it's more comparable to the NFL than it is the NHL. Mm. Yeah, honestly. Winning every game is is very important. It's not like the NHL where we know full well there are times that guys take games off. Yeah, you go through like ten game slumps. Yeah. You're just like, all right, it's fine. It's okay. You know, there's such it's a long season. You can't do that here. So, with the importance placed on every individual game, and every weekend is back to back against somebody, you got to figure that the the tempers are going to flare. Mm. And especially during the Minnesota games. Oh my lord, that is going to be December 18th, 19th, and January 8th and 9th. They play each other four times within that time frame. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be fun. Oh, that's is that the back to back? Is that the two games there, then two games here kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So four games straight. Oh my god! By the fourth game, we're, they're gonna they're gonna, gonna hate each other. <laughs> oh my god, yes. And by the fourth game, we'll be like, hold on a second, who are we fans of again? Because yeah, okay, that that person doesn't play. Yeah, okay, yeah, we got it. Start mixing names up and stuff. And I love how we're ending our season with Boston Pride. Definitely. Shout mm. out to Coin Coin. I'm bitter. Yep, shut up. Still bitter though. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think if you're in Toronto, you should definitely get down there. It's uh, I think it's a good afternoon out. It's a good game. Atmosphere is gonna build. The the music's good. Uh, play is obviously good. Justin's probably been to more OHO and AHO, but I would I would wage that it's it's up there. I've been to one Marley's game, and I think I think it's on par, if not better. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean AHO. With all due respect, I didn't really get into it. Like, and it, it, it definitely helps when you see like members of the organization like getting into it. Like the six that they're definitely engaged. I feel like, let's say with the Marlies or something like that, it's, they're just getting through the games. You know, we, we we spoke to Steve Mears before, and minor league hockey is a grind. You know, it's on to the next one. Yeah, no, it's that's a good point, and and really, it's I mean, other than arena size and facilities. You can't really compare the two because in minor league hockey, I mean, you're you're still trying to get to the major league. Hundred mm-hmm. percent, right? In the PHF, you're there. Mm. So mm. you're there, like you've proven yourself. Now it's time to go out and show out. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a little different. Like I've been to a Marlies game, a couple Marlies games. I've been to a few London Knights games. I found the atmosphere at the London Knights was a little bit more wild than at a Marlies game. And I think that's just because they don't have much choice, really. It's one of the bigger tickets you can get in London, Ontario. But I'm, I can't wait. I can't wait to get my opportunity to go actually see the Toronto Six play. <laughs>